Hello. This is my show. My only show. I just can't even with myself right now. Let's babble about time. I babble wherever I can, whenever I can, however I can. This is NE Unleashed. Now without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Welcome back, everybody, and thanks again for tuning in.、Uh, I, today is going to be an or, a little bit different in that it's just going to be me today, and I figured I'd spend this episode just giving everybody a quick update on what's going on.、Uh, and also, I just want to you know, give a little shout out to all my listeners out there. You guys are absolutely amazing, and I think it's been really. Like, it's just been a journey for this past, like, several months,、uh, having had started the podcast、um, back last year in May and looking back now、um, and starting season two and getting all this,、um, I guess, feedback on. On some of the episodes that I've been producing and the people that I've been with collaborating, I think it's been very rewarding to say the least.、Um, the purpose of the whole point of season two was, and I don't know if I mentioned this in the, in the old,、uh, in an earlier episode, but that I want to learn. You know, I've been such a big fan of consuming, and maybe I'm just addicted to consuming information and being involved in some kind of Like a student teacher type of relationship, type of thing. And I mean that in a way that, you know, I get to take a seat for a second, you know, sit on the desk and just take in the data that's coming out from a person. And, you know, I have this intention that I want to make the space like open enough for my guests to be able to feel comfortable and to just, you know, let it out and flow. Um, I have a habit of being very, very talkative. I, people like to, I'll describe it as me monologuing quite a bit. And, you know, I own it. It's a thing.、Uh, you know, typologically speaking, I have several self referential dislike,、uh, aspects of myself that contribute to that phenomenon. So I'm not surprised. And I guess even to the listeners who are into type, like, neither should you. And I think it's just been really cool, you know, moving back to. My little spiel earlier that looking back at the several months of what has happened, it's been so awesome that, you know, things have been coming up.、Uh, as, of, as an update, there, you know, it's not over. <laughs> there is going, to, I still have like a whole list of、uh, guests I still want to feature、um, and want them to come over.、Uh, and actually, it's, it, I do, I can't wait almost.、Um, it's basically just a scheduling nightmare. To get everybody on board.、Uh, I would say because the reason being is that everybody has a different, you know, everybody lives in a different time zone. When you're trying to have a conversation with somebody who lives on the opposite side of the country or in a different country,、uh, taking into consideration their schedule is such like an art form of its, in, and, in and of itself. So it's been very, it's very, I would say it's interesting to get that going on.、Um, I remembered with some of the guests that I've had, especially, let's say, any DOMs, it's often a measure of, oh, well, you're awake, I'm awake, want to just jump in? And then for others, it's a measure of, I'm not free this time, can we schedule this for a different day? So 
it's been really cool um, learning that. And I mean, as a newbie, such as myself, and you know, working out these little little details about podcasting, like I guess as a medium, as a platform for information and you know distribution and generation and everything. Um, it's a it's a nice little you know moment because it, it it does validate in myself that everybody's different. And the point I was going with this was that um, it allowed me to open my mind further. I think we like to think of you know extroverted intuition as being naturally open minded, and I'd like to say that no one really has a monopoly on open mindedness. There are any doms out there who who aren't. And I've had moments, and the thing is, is I just don't see it as an absolutist type of statement either. I think it waxes and wanes depending on what you know and, you know, what you believe in and what your introverted functions decide it to be the case. Um, in my case, I actually kind of am nervous and cautious about going so far into, you know, into some, some things and I like to keep my mind very open and very broad. I don't like to remain in stock. Be in a way. Um, I know some folks, you know, will reframe that as finding stability. And, you know, in a sense, sure, maybe I am looking. I know we've had situations where um, we seek out, I know like ENPs, what I mean is that we seek out stability in a way that is, <laughs> it's predictable for me. But I think for other people, it, it isn't. And it looks like very wishy washy. But I think all ENP. ENFPs actually have to end up going through the same journey where we actually end up finding home. We just have to know what that is. It's like basically a quest of um, realizing that we want comfort and all that jazz. So, you know, taking that into consideration, that's definitely been a moment with me. And, you know, being a part of this type community and, you know, producing content such as this is merely just another stepping stone into that, which leads me to flow and transition into a few updates that I want to let the listeners know. So lately, I haven't been posting as frequently. Like I've definitely missed, I think, a good two, like a week and another week of, you know, letting out an episode. Um, Not because I haven't had guests over. Um, I did mention there was a scheduling thing, but also I've been busy with, I guess, real life things. And that can just, and it really is just a time thing. Please don't, you know, it's not about you guys. It's not anybody's fault. It's just a time thing. Um, This whole gig to me is a personal, like I mentioned in my first season, it's a personal pet project. So once things start kicking up, I definitely would be putting a lot more work. It's just, it's a place that I really enjoy and just be really fun doing so i know i hope you guys can read between the lines and get what i mean with that um also i've been busy because i've been starting a lot of uh side projects as well um through my journey in the type world and learning type and all that stuff i've been noticing patterns and nuances that i think are going to be very fascinating i've actually been talking a lot too with folks who have very provocative opinions and i say provocative because they like to challenge our natural understanding of type because from the most recent or like let's say recently uh the folks and i have been and i mean this generally speaking it's not anyone in particular but we've just been noticing that there are things in the theory that i guess need a little update and i say update because it's no longer matching what we see in the real world um you can you can call a person out and having a understand with your own understanding of type but they are still a complex human being and there is still going to be an aspect that you don't really understand or that you don't really 
you can't really grasp as of yet. And of course, there are systems out there that help to explain some strategies, some coping mechanisms, some barriers that a person may be going through that allows you to get a better, like bigger picture of who they are. But at the end of the day, sometimes our own fundamental understanding of type may be incorrect. And I'm just saying this casually. Um, but the whole bigger part of this is that I am interested and am starting to write um, a piece about this. I wouldn't. I would expect to be publishing it um, later on in this year. And I feel like it's time. Um, and a big reason why I'm saying this is because there are, and I've definitely mentioned this and talked this with a lot of different folks as well. Um, there is kind of a lack in feeler-oriented or feeler-based um, written, I guess, production of of things. And there are a lot of feelers who take into YouTube, who take into like such as myself, who took into I did YouTube for a bit and like a very very small bit, and then now I'm doing podcasting. It's it's definitely you know an angle that we go to. But when it comes to like books and referencing and like all this gig, there seems to be a huge lack of it. And a lot of the folks I've been seeing who produced books tend to be thinkers, and it's okay. Thinkers have a very very good handle on being being able to produce content. That is, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, logical, consistent, um, constant. It's, it's very good flow. My thing about it, though, is that it tends to be a little dense. And I've been kind of, you know, asking around um, and just seeing the other axis and how the other, you know, the other side of the the type world um, of the half, which are the feelers, feel about this. And I'm getting a lot of, you know, feedback that it's dense, like it's boring, and it's not as interesting. And you have a bunch of us feelers who are reading these books um, and like pushing ourselves to be able to wrap our minds around it and be to be able to consume this information and to help like to make use of it. Because like, a lot of us have this this goal that we want to be able to use this information to actually affect the people that we're you know interacting with and affect in a way that you help them grow you help them you highlight and put into onto a spotlight you know their flaws their strengths how can they work from one to another how do you transition um from what you used to think is an immature version of yourself to a mature version of yourself like these are questions we need to be asking especially when you're done with learning head knowledge you want to be able to use this information so why can't we use it and we can't use it because it's dense and it's dense almost in a way that it's like code it's like reading um reading some kind of secret book that you have to be able to unearth and like un you know uncode or decode is probably the better word for it to decode and then to just understand it at a more um level that is like it's a human level and i mean human because in a sense it it lacks you know it's very mechanical when you read it um and i'm not going to name any books necessarily but i know there's a lot of type books that are written in this format and that's fine i have nothing against it because as a person who has read it i do enjoy reading these books as anyone who steps into type anyway but it is also a side that i think is being neglected and that is a feeler perspective and we need to be able to have to even that out a little bit um of course there's going to be discussion and arguments and all that good stuff but i mean that's the whole point of the type uh it's the whole point of understanding that there is another group of people out there who don't follow your rules and that's okay you know they've they've survived this planet and they've been working in and living and producing you know results and why isn't that considered and 
I'm not saying that it isn't. I'm just saying that it's a question to provoke, to arouse um, a thought process. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. So I wanted to produce something of myself, um, and I want to be able to make it happen for this year. And so the, the people who are listening, you guys get to have a kind of an exclusive little gig. Um, of course, I'll start announcing it in, you know, in other platforms a little bit later, especially when things start picking up. But I do want to be able to finish some stuff every month. It is a nightmare to think about. Um, I know I'm a seven, so I, like, I don't like to think about fear a lot. But I have to be practice a little bit of radical honesty and just say like, yeah, it's a little scary because I'm basically putting on a disciplinary thing on myself to produce something that normally as an ENFP perceiving type or anything, I would rather just put it off to the last minute. So taking a step back and taking a page out of the judges, you know, books, it's kind of like, it's kind of insane for even me to even consider this. But here we are. It's going to happen, and I kind of want my listeners to know that this is something that I want to produce for you guys as well, um, because, I mean, I feel like everybody needs to know the nuances. I think everybody needs to understand that there is another side. I want everyone to understand that there are, you know, that the feelers are still here, um, and that this is really good to have um, another piece of an argument like that's out there that, you know, can spur conversation, Right, like, um, it could be wrong and it could be inaccurate. Well, I really hope it wouldn't be inaccurate because trying hard to research that really, but with my really terrible TI. But um, <laughs> hopefully, it's not inaccurate. But in a sense, I, I want people to be spurned to think and spurned to open their minds and understand that there is angles that we should be looking at, um, and not just one. And so with that being said, I also want to introduce like premium content at some point in the future. Uh, I want uh, I want to be able to give a chance for listeners to who you know who really like me. I don't know who you are, um, and I appreciate you so much that you do and you spend your time listening to my show. I think you guys are absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, reach out if you can. I do want to meet you. Ev- I want to meet everybody who's awesome, um, and I feel like you guys deserve a mention. Um, and definitely that's going to be a part of this premium content gig that I want to pursue. Uh, also, part of that is I want to have a little private series also to be introduced. And of course, I still be having guests. The purpose of, you know, the I just can't even with myself is basically, you know, me as a student learning all these concepts from other people. However, the, the premium content would basically kind of be a switch around in a bit. And the switch around being, like, if I took the role of teacher and been able to, I guess, uh, vomit out, (laughs) for lack of a better term, um, the concepts and the theories that I've been thinking about that I think would be very interesting for folks to consider, uh, I would probably get back into doing videos as well as a premium content gig. I feel like... uh, if you missed a part of the whole, you know, you want to see my face and you want to see me be able to explain something and use gestures and I don't know how you people feel about that, but that's going to be a part of that. Um, of course, I'm still, you know, working and trying to collab with everybody else that I know and can reach and, you know, be really cool friends with. Um, there's also going to be other perks. Like, I feel like you know, for subscribers, there should be, in a way, um, you get to have early access to certain things, you get to have a discount, um, you get to have some free gigs. I think there's a lot of that that I think would really be really cool. Um, not th- it's still too early for me to even, you know, say 
that I'd add anything. However, it's I just want everyone who's listening now to just know that that's definitely on my mind and because it is and I've been doing my research that that will eventually be a part of this this um this whole project that I've been you know it's part of a bigger it's part of a bigger picture basically uh so if there's a little slowness in production of episodes it's because I am working on my own I'm doing a solo uh shenanigans and because of that it, it takes time I mean this is really a measure that I'd love to grow, have making it grow, and I've been very careful and been very careful. Oh, I just repeated myself. <laughs> I've just been very cautious, uh, and that's fine. I mean, I, at the end of the day, it's it's going to happen, and I can I believe in it in myself definitely that this is going to happen. So. Back to the whole gig about guests. You guys, um, if you guys want to be featured as a guest and you want to teach me something, um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind. Actually, definitely reach out. I actually have my my Ask Me email has been is already out. It's the Ask Nate Rasa or Ask the Rasa. Sorry, Ask the Rasa at gmail.com. If you have questions, if you want to reach out, if you want to you know send me th- shenanigans like paragraphs, concepts, anything, like go for it. Um, after you listen to an episode and you want to share your thoughts or something or send me a recording of yourself, email me there, asktherasa at gmail.com. And I definitely will try to get back to you as best as I can. Um, granted, if my schedule per, you know allows it to me, permits me to do so, why not make it happen? Um, so to kind of quickly transition from here, and I don't mean to suddenly drop that, but that's a quick update, and I hope you guys enjoyed a little bit of that, so keep you guys kind of a little bit excited. Um, I was, I'm taking part in Megan Lavoda's, uh, little 2020 challenge, and that is her typology reading challenge 2020. It's a hashtag, we've been using it, just trying to promote it in a way, and I I think it's really good, in my opinion, I think it's very fantastic, because in a way, we get to be able to, you know, what is it, promote, arouse again, is probably the best word I could use again for it, um, reading, and, you know, developing your comprehension of type and getting everybody involved as a community um when it comes to theory everybody in the community like we argue till the cows come home like it's it's a gig it's we all know it we get over it it's it's a thing so with that i love that she introduced this little thing because in a way we all get to kind of you know dip our i guess entire bodies into the metaphorical pool that is information and be able to share it with each other and see what goes on. Um, there's a few of us who are partaking. Um, I don't know who else is. I am very excited to have to read some of everybody else's um, conclusions and thoughts because I think it's very helpful and I think it's very um, enlightening, for better, for lack of a better term. Um, I don't think we have enough of this, to be honest. And I think it's really good that we have this kind of gig and have, have this happening um, to get people going. I think, I think that's healthy in a way. So anyways, with the book that we started in January, and I know I've been part of the whole rule is that at the end of the month, you have to produce or at least give your thoughts and suggestions and summarize what you feel and your opinion on the book. And if you could, if you should recommend it or whatever, Um, I actually haven't finished reading. It is definitely a referential book for me because I like looking back into it and checking in because it's very dense. Like I mentioned earlier, it's a very big book. There's a lot of information kind of tightly packed into it. And, you know, unpacking it can be a little bit of a a problem. 
However, for the mo for the ones that I have been reading, I have a lot of thoughts on, and I have a lot of feelings about them, and it's. It's been very helpful. It's also, um, and this book that we were reading actually is Lenore Thompson's um, Personality Type and Owner's Manual. It's a very, very good book. Um, off the top of my head, I have to say that it's very cool. It's very, I don't can go for emotional terms now. Um, no, actually, when I meant dense, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of information. There's also a focus on left brain, right brain kind of conceptual um, explanations. Um, they like to, how to put this, Lenore decided to organize the, the types of the Myers-Briggs 16 personality types into these categories and, you know, based on rational, irrational, and like all these little concepts that I think is really interesting. Um, there's also an, an emphasis on, you know, the, the perceiver versus the judger types because based on this whole left brain, right brain situation, um, even the sen even the whole perceiving function such as sensation and, um, and intuition have been very well, um, explained, I would say. Uh, there's another gig here that I thought was really interesting. Um, it's, she also issues a test here, um, or they issue a test here. A self-test where you kind of read a bunch of statements and then you list that and you get, you know, you see what kind of type you get from the little self, you know, your little self-assessment. Uh, and it's the first one I got my actual type, which is ENFP. So I just want to, I think it was worthy to mention that because we don't, I don't always get that a lot. I think it's something that's very guilty of me as an ENFP with tertiary TE. It, I flex it a lot, so I come off very... Like, I like to talk a lot about being efficient, even though I probably am not. Um, and that can skew results. And I know, and I'm also stuck on multiple choice because of my extroverted intuition. I have a video on that on YouTube where if you watch it, you will actually see me spend maybe 40 minutes on a personality test because the, how, it, how my brain processes while thinking about these tests and these options is just, it's awful. <laughs> it was an awful moment, but we, we had to go you know, to, for science, you have to, you know, make it happen. So having this, having get, gotten the result that is actually my type, I thought it was really fantastic. And, and it didn't feel like it was pandered to in a way. I don't know if you guys understand that, but I mean, in a, in a sense that, you know, I couldn't even predict which was actually like intuition or sensing, or if they were looking for thinking or perceiving, because I feel like there's a bias even in myself that I might end up unknowingly or you know subconsciously choosing and I couldn't even follow it necessarily so and I still got my type and I thought that was amazing that you know it kind of accounted for my bias so of course I was interested since starting the first page and I kept going for it um and I kept reading through actually throughout the month I have been tweeting concepts on the typology reading challenge I think it's especially on the hashtag I've been tweeting about some of the paragraphs I've been reading because there are insights that I think are very important to take home um, as a person as a type and like what you can and what you bring I guess as a type to the table it's all very fascinating to me a big quote that I took home 100% was by Lenore Thompson. Type theory in this respect is a description of, not a prescription for, human behavior. And, I, you know, I like, I know we like to 
distance ourselves from behavior as a concept to be associated with type because we like to argue that this is a cognitive process this is mental this is how we you know think inside and this is the patterns that we produce but how they worded it was so smart because the prescription for human like it's not a prescription it really isn't it's not some kind of you know it's not a list of things that tell you that oh well you need to fix this it's more so hey this is what you do you you decide what you know that this is your basically the cards you were dealt with or you have developed over the years that you probably haven't you didn't know and like it's not <laughs> you know the book isn't there to fix you it's there to describe you the fixing as i tweeted before comes later and that's totally up if you decide to do that um and there's even an added little quote to it. It's an attempt to invent a vocabulary for unseen dimensions of psychological reality to capture an experience otherwise difficult to talk about. Perfect, right? It's absolutely perfectly worded out. Um, I've always argued that type is a jargon. Type is arming you, equipping you with a jargon. It's very important and useful to have this jargon because we... I don't, you know, every time I've talked about the people who don't know type, they've never really bothered to think about how they think. They, they never ask this question. And the thing is, is folks, you know, living, they only are focused on the worldview that they have developed on their own and aren't, you know, they haven't realized that there are other perspectives out there. You know, they haven't realized that, you know, why are they arguing with people so much? You know, why am I, why don't I like this person? Or why do I find them stupid? Or why do they find me stupid? Or why are we not getting along? And those little situations is because that person probably has a different worldview than yours. And it's not just even a worldview. They could have a completely different, like, code in their brain and operating from a different perspective. And they see the world completely different from you. And because that's the case, I mean, you can only imagine how, you know, how amazing one must feel knowing that that's a real thing, that there is a distinction between human beings. I've never thought of it as boxing people in. I know there's people who are, especially outside of type, who argue that it's a box-in type of situation. It's not, okay? Because, I mean, there's also there's like a system out there that has like a 512 type combinations. Like, it's, it's a thing. Um... And it's a way to, and they decided they wanted to go for it that way. In a, in my opinion, I think it's because they just wanted to highlight just how complex humans are. Because humans are complex. The whole point of it is, like Lenore said, it's it's a it's a description of, you know, this is these are observations that people have noticed and documented and like wrote pieces about. Um, you can choose to agree with it or you can choose not to, but that's all totally up to you. However, the patterns exist, and. You know, to deny the patterns is to believe that only you have the correct perspective on the world. And we've, like, years and years, eras and eras, we've had already had to deal with the situation of people not understanding that there are other people out there who don't think like they do. And revolutions were started. You know, changes had to be done um, to push people. Like, there's a pushback, there's a blow, there's culture clash, like, all these things come out because people do not think the same way. There are folks out there who do share like and how they worded it as cognitive functions or your thought processes you know you share it um therefore you join forces or you have a you know but i think in a way it's very cool um it's very smart that type exists as a theory now and in a way that it gets us to broaden our horizons in that sense because if we 
keep thinking everybody as one thing as this other thing or we're only one thing um it could be good but it could also be like kind of wrong in a way because you aren't able to exercise compassion consideration you know like understand there's an alternative to things there are um that's a thing but you know if you don't acknowledge it 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 won't be so i think it's really smart that this was something that the book had at least addressed and i think it's really really smart to have that going on because i i was not prepared <laughs> to read that and i was like yes i fully agree with that statement or that whole phrase quote whatever so um i wasn't going to make this video uh, this episode really long so i'm going to discuss uh what another little summary of what i read and kind of go off on that as you can tell i'm very good at <laughs> droning on and on and on <laughs> about a subject and that's it. if anything if i were to actually really cover the entire book i probably would have created like my own personal series about it it's so dense so i'm going to take highlights and one of them is as selfish as it sounds i had to look up extroverted intuition because it's my dominant function so you know lenore this is i had to i I have as much as I think it's basically as everybody else does it too. Like we look up our own um, dominant function first because we want to know how much it relates to us in a way. And if there was insights that they have been worded that we haven't been, that we didn't know about. And I think to, ex- to some extent, I actually fully agreed with some of the, the stuff. Um, anyways, I have them out, like the little quotes that I took out and I'm going to discuss it now. So extroverted intuition it's uh, as Lenore describes it is rapid and flexible as an instrument that ENPs can operate kind of like scanners where their attention is kind of widely distributed amongst the external environment so they're just basically we're we're I must say we're like as a person um, we're just getting the gist of everything um, we're looking around going like oh well I like this because of you know whatever this is and I wouldn't really dive deep too much into it uh they called us in- informed generalists having a broad range of pursuits basic knowledge ability to hold their own in a conversation as you can tell to my listeners listening right now um i can basically talk for hours that's just been i feel like that's just been a trait that i've had um ever since i've never had like never had that non moment that i've just been a list like i have been pursuing more listener vibes lately however i've always been known as a person who talks a lot and it's i've always liked collecting information i've as i mentioned before as well with my whole desire to consume data it's all a part of that whole kind of realm where i like knowing little bits and pieces about things i know for me i've like know a little bit about cars so that when somebody who knows cars i can actually you know carry myself in a way um i know a little bit about what's another one like cooking baking um so that if somebody asks me i know the, the terminology i like to be familiar with the terminology and the jargon and be able to know you know how to utilize it to me they're all just tools and i think it's very fun because i don't like limiting myself where i can't talk about something to another person i think it's kind of sucks uh and really hard to um kind of wrap my head around if that's the case but in a way that's the goal um and so to continue like extroverted sensates uh ENPs are response ready unless they can see new options a possibility of change or room for improvement they're restless and bored uh these types see life in terms of changing contextual relationships 
they don't have much investment in the stability of material conditions or take seriously the investment of others. An unexpected juxtaposition of ideas, people, images can reveal a larger pattern of meaning that changes all their priorities. That's a lot to unpack. <laughs> so let's dive deep. Um, ENPs are response ready. I would say in a way, yes, because unlike... Um, well, before we even go into the unlike part, because Lenore does go into that, um, I do agree in a way. Uh, I'm actually rather interesting and good in crisis situations because the rush of having to meet the requirements of something or to meet a cri- to meet some kind of instant, spontaneous moment that's happening in front of me um, is exhilarating. Now, I mentioned before in previous episodes, I don't know how it feels like to be in the moment because in a way, I'm responding to something I see from from a kind of a metaphysical kind of eyes. I like to describe it as seeing the world through a TV lens and but also reacting to the world via a TV lens. So there's a piece of me that's still disconnected from reality as I am engaging with reality. So it also, it's also very spontaneous. Like I said, it, it doesn't allow me to have... Or maybe it allows, allows probably not the right choice of words. It's, I have a tendency to not um, even process among, along a long period of time. It's just not the gig for me. So because of that, um, it's hard, I would say. It's hard for me to see things in a long-term perspective. It's, but I do see things as part of a larger pattern perspective. Um, I like and like it mentioned in the last section in the last sentence, an unexpected juxtaposition of ideas, peoples, or images. That's a thing. That's true with me. I like to throw down all these seemingly un, you know, unnatural or unrelated concepts, and like to throw them together in a pot and see what similarities I can draw from it. That's definitely something um, I can do. Uh, so. To keep going, like extroverted sensates, ENPs can make things happen very quickly. Sensates, however, are concrete pragmatists. They actualize people's expectations and in the process become their focal point. One might consider, for example, the evangelist in the film The Apostle. Within a week of walking into a small town, he acquires a church building, assembles the congregation, and he becomes a role model to people who barely know him. Damn. (laughs) Okay. Um, Extroverted sensation is... Just such a go-getter. Just making things happen. Alright? Like, the... I, my, one of my really close friends is an extroverted sensor dominant. And it is unreal watching the guy just get things done around him. He's just so natural just getting up and just pushing himself into anything. And pushing in a way of shaping reality. To those who are, you know, intro, intuitive like I am, shaping reality can take work. This is something that we often have to spend a moment to hesitate and process and think and like go, oh, well, do I have all this stuff? Extroverted sensor dominance, they don't care if they have all this stuff. They will get the stuff. So getting this whole gig of small town, suddenly there's a church building and a congregation and now is a role model. Like this is just all happening in real time as I'm watching it from a TV lens going, wow. Now that's fascinating. But to continue... By contrast, the ENFP analyst appealed to the people's imagination, becoming a focal point for others' inventiveness and curiosity. So like ESPs, ENPs enjoy being on, and they're good at anticipating an audience. But they don't create an image that others envy and want to emulate as sensates do. Intuitives are screens for people's unarticulated hopes and aspirations. They recognize how circumstances may be changed to bring unexpressed potential into play. 
Of course, extroverted sensates also move on when their interest wanes, but their motives are mercilessly clear. The excitement is gone and the experience is over. Extroverted intuitives are more difficult to predict. They may lose interest before anything of consequence has ever happened. A small part of the vision, once realized, suggests the whole thing and the intuitive feels no need to consider the matter further. Again, lots to unpack. So... Going back and comparing myself as an ENP, and I guess in general to the ENPs listening as well, uh, you know, what are we to sensates, especially extroverted sensates, who are the concrete pragmatists, as they mentioned in this book, um, we do not do this. Like, I personally am not as flashy and as a extroverted sensor would. In a, in a sense, if you put us in a room um, and it, the room happened to require a lot of activity, I'm actually not as obvious, um, even though I am on like they are. And on in a way that, I guess they're good at anticipating an audience. I am always ready in a way that I am looking for possibilities. I'm very aware of that. It's almost to me like the air I breathe, so I can't not be aware of this situation. Like I'm looking at potentials of everything around me. It's always hard sometimes to describe it to other people who don't have this. Um, but imagine looking at objects and realizing what you could do with it what you could use for it, but then not actually acting on it like an ESP would. That's basically kind of what ENPs are doing. We're looking at potential at everything, um, but we don't kind of automatically reach out and grab the object. We're basically doing that, and then we look at the next object, and then we're already doing the exact same thing we did with the other one, where we're just thinking about possibilities, and then we move on to the next. Um, In a way, it's all in our heads, and it actually puts me in a situation where I'm not as flashy as the others. Um, like they said, they don't create an image that others envy and want to emulate. You can't emulate me because you can't see it. <laughs> it's not in reality, therefore how can you you know, manifest, utilize it, whatever. However, um, my gig, and like they said, is appealing to the people's imagination. And I like the point they mentioned becoming a focal point for others' inventiveness and curiosity. I am the soundboard that you can throw your ideas to. I've mentioned this before and time, time and time again. If you want to throw an idea, you come to me. Because nothing to me is taboo as a discussion, as a concept, as like as a whole form of whatever. It, it You throw it to me, I can throw it back. And basically, I am the mirror that other people didn't realize could use when they want to discuss an idea at length. I can do that. I can sit there with you and go on and on and on and on. It will not stop. It's not even a measure of endurance. I will win. <laughs> um, because in the realm of intuition or extrovert intuition, there's no need to make it a reality. We're here to be, like I said, screens for people's unarticulated hopes and aspirations. Like, this, you know, we recognizing how circumstances may be changed to bring unexpressed in- potential into play. Again, what that really means is basically, I'm here to listen, I'm here to tell you what the potential is, and we can go from there. <laughs> so again, with that kind of moment, it's not obvious to other people. No one's going to see that. Um, and in a way, I had situations where I've had my own complaints where people don't see recognize my potential, whereas I can see theirs. And that's because I my potential is reading people's potential. Like, how, how do you even project that? onto the physical reality, the tangible reality of life. You can't. Um, this is going to require something else. Um, and I like how he mentions that the motives for sensates are tend to be clear. Yes. Unfortunately for me, it's not clear for me. And I like how they mentioned difficult to predict. I argue, on the other hand, that we're actually very good to predict, especially once you find the, the string of connection with all of us. 
um, it's actually very easy. However, for those who just see me like as a passive person, it can come off very unpredictable. So they mentioned this may lose interest before anything is um, has even happened, and that is a thing of mine. You know, I have an idea. I don't write it down. I thought I talk about it with everybody. They think it's a fantastic idea. It doesn't happen because to me, the imagination already is enough, and that. I know that probably hurts for people to listen. They're like, "How could you? That's not. If it's not real, it's not real." And I'm like, "Well, to me, it was, and it satisfied." Because again, you. I guess people forget that the goal of any is just to think about it. It's never really to manifest it. Um, it is a learning curve for extrovert intuitive dominance, such as myself, to realize that there are folks out there who do not value what I think and what we project into the. Into the world, and if we were to be taken seriously, we may have to form a compromise and be able to at least give them something to work with, because we're basically air and throwing it around to people, like literally breathing on them and expecting results. That's no. <laughs> I mean, this to the any users out there, this is why they don't like us. This is why they think we're annoying, because they almost see us as empty and full of air. And it, <laughs> I'm not gonna argue against it, because in a sense. Yeah, metaphorically, it, make, it, it makes sense. Um, I love how it's like the intuitive never feels the need to consider the matter further once they realize a small part of the vision. Again, back to the whole gig about seeing the core or the gist of anything. That's all we want. Um, so it's a curve of mine, I would say, personally, as my journey into type, to realize that this is something I do, and I've been very dismissive of other folks around me, uh, especially with things, and I haven't really been giving it much thought. So reading the book has given me some form of validation that this is yes, this is me, but also that I need to fix this, and that there's also a, a, per, a portion of myself that thinks that I am limiting myself as an extroverted intuitive, that I am not experiencing the full scope of reality because I am choosing to only see it from my TV lens. And while that may not change, and while that might be my curse as an extroverted intuitive. It's also something of a goal to try to at least emulate to push myself to do because you are not your type. Now that I know who I am and what I tend to do as a process, as a mental thing,、uh, as a cognitive thing, I know now what I shouldn't do and how I'm going to ease into that. Well, maybe the ease into it could be difficult for other folks to understand. Like, how do you suddenly shift gears and go from TV lens to reality lens and? Trust me, it work. It, it's a lot of work. It, it's possible,、um, you know, in the realm of my world where everything is possible. It is okay. However, it is hard. I have made peace with the notion because everything that requires、um, results requires work. It requires time. It requires effort. It requires all the things that I personally do not want to deal with. However, we have to because that is life.、Um, It, it's to be honest. I've managed to be able to work on this kind of side of myself and to enjoy it along the way. Because to think that my, you know, to push in and kind of acknowledge this part of me, and then suddenly opening myself up to take in something else has been so rewarding that you can't stop. And I want other. Extrovert intuitives out there who is listening, it, it's so great. Like the feeling of having to push yourself and to keep going, and the fact that it doesn't stop—that's what we want. That's the goal. We, is, is to always see that there is no end to the horizon of ocean that we're looking for, and by doing that, we, in a sense, are rewarded. Like that energy is fed back into us, and we are fulfilled. So. 
we need to get out there. <laughs> we can't just be sitting here thinking that the world is something we can change channels from. We, we don't. How about don't change the channel? Like, how about don't change the channel? Keep going. See what happens. Um, explore the avenue. I think I've made suggestions before to other ENFPs. Don't stop using your any. Sometimes we have a thing where we think we're doing any, where we're like, oh, I'm open-minded. That's definitely a thing. No, you're not doing open-minded. You're actually losing interest because you haven't even done anything. You haven't even explored avenues. You should. Go out there. Make it happen. See the world for yourself and create the gist that you need because that the gist never ends. And I think that's a, such a big takeaway for folks um, out there. So again, like a quick conclusion, this is what I've taken personally from the book. I am so impressed. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I think it's very uh, informative and dense, if I say so myself. Um, but reading this and having my little moments like this is very helpful. Um, it was also very uh, enlightening and validating to know that this is a thing. It's a phenomenon that other people can relate to because you're not alone. And there are people. And having been acquainted with other extroverted intuitives, it's such a breath of fresh air to be able to to know that other people can see what you see. Um, my best friends aren't dominant extroverted intuitives. They're also neither auxiliary extroverted intuitives. That's not in their stack. However. I love them dearly. And, you know, to add that <laughs> to the little notion of that, um, I'm so impressed by extroverted sensing's capability to just jump in. I hesitate. There's a huge hesitation on my end. Um, there's a pause, and it, it, it would say it, it definitely holds me back. So watching a person can go through life without them holding, you know, without it holding them back is so impressive. Like, and I don't get impressed easy, but I, I'm impressed. So... With that, I hope you guys take this away and then have you guys a very good morning to all those folks out there. Um, today with my little update and a little summary of what I read and you know my little contribution to the hashtag of typology reading challenge. Uh, this month in February, we are discussing um, or discussing or rather reading Susan Storm's new book that she released recently and it is called Discovering You. I'm really excited. I've actually been reading a little bit of parts of it already and I've already been sharing qu uh, little quotes and stuff with my friends and they are already floored by the knowledge that this woman has. Susan, if you are listening, this is fantastic. You have produced something that's very very useful and very good for the type community to utilize readily and to throw it around to people and be like, hey, this is what I can see. <laughs> and there's a little, little I'm, you know what? I'm probably gonna lose myself into this whole another subject again. That will be another episode. Probably another update episode. Um, and with that being said, you know, await that once I kind of go through with her book and, you know, have my thoughts on it because I think it's fantastic. Um, that would be a whole different gig. So, anyways, thanks again for listening. Uh, you guys can find me, well, on this show, but you could also, I also have a Twitter, I have a, a very chill YouTube channel, it's very, I, it's basically a stepping stone to this show, um, there are, I feature a lot of podcast snippets in that show, or on that platform, um, I've been also, I also am a mod moderator on Megan Lavoda's Facebook group, so you can also do that as, uh, look into that as well, links will be posted everywhere, so... <laughs> You'll you'll find it, if anything. I mean, my website is, or at least my hub is here, so you'll definitely find it. 
But anyways, thank you guys again so much for listening, for, you know, taking your time out to hear some babbler talk about whatever he thinks is interesting. Um, and I really appreciate you guys taking that time out. You guys are fantastic and know that there is much love. And I don't usually say that a lot, but there is. And it does warm my chilly black heart. about it every time so again thanks again i hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day sending good vibes to everybody and chamomile tea and lemon squeezes to everybody out there to give you guys a good night's sleep (laughs) so you guys thanks for listening thanks for tuning in and again till next time bye